You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. It's no exaggeration to say that this is the hottest drug on the continent. It might even be something of an understatement to say that. In Canada, however, the endless commercials aren't actually allowed to tell you what this drug does. So you get this. I just asked. I asked. Yeah, I asked. Evidently, though, those cryptic commercials are working. The demand for the drug is as high as ever. High enough to fuel ongoing supply issues. Now, naturally, with a shortage impacting the needs of patients who have been using Ozempic to manage their chronic conditions, you would think it would become more difficult to get a prescription to take the drug for an off-label use, which is, of course, weight loss. Especially, you might imagine, in a universal healthcare system like Canada's with all of its checks and balances and boring rules and regulations and necessary safe bureaucracy. Right? No. You might think that you'd be very wrong. Never mind going to your doctor's office, having a video consultation, or even picking up the phone. In Ontario, right now, at least one reporter was able to secure an Ozempic prescription with an online application and a few words in a chat box. All for the low, low price, yes, I said a price, of $99. Now, is this our healthcare system working as intended? Is this a massive loophole just waiting to be exploited? Or is it the inevitable result of regulations that simply can't keep up with the pace of technology. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Morgan Bocknick is an investigative reporter with the Toronto Star who, yes, now has a prescription for Ozempic. Hello, Morgan. How's it going? I'm pretty good. I'm recovering from COVID. How are you? I am sorry. It feels like you and a lot of people in this country right now. I'm recovering from a non-COVID illness. But enough about our illnesses. Let's talk about drugs. For those who might not know, who may have been living under a rock somewhere, explain to us what Ozempic is and who is supposed to be taking this drug. So Ozempic is a drug that is approved to treat type 2 diabetes. It basically helps the body's insulin production, it lowers blood sugar. People who are on the drug for type 2 diabetes have found that it takes less food to feel full and they feel full for longer. And so that's led it to being prescribed as a weight loss drug. And because of how effective it is and how visible the quote unquote results are, like how visibly people lose weight on it, it's gripped the cultural zeitgeist faster than any fad diet I've ever seen. And because it's relevant to this story, maybe explain to us how exactly it's being marketed, because this drug and similar uh, semaglutides are being uh, marketed like crazy, right? Yeah, so it's marketed on Toronto streetcars, on the famous Scotiabank Theatre stairs, and a billboard on the Gardiner Expressway. And it shows the very tantalizing catchphrase that Ozempic has used to market their drug, which is, I just asked. Because when you market a drug, you can't say what it is supposed to do exactly. They use this vague 
catchphrase that implores you to ask your doctor about it. And the marketing for Ozempic includes online telehealth platforms that prescribe it. And so their ads blanket social media as well. And they angle for patients who are looking for help with weight loss. So you'll see ads that show what the medication itself physically looks like. It looks like a kind of like a pen that is a needle. And so if you know what Ozempic looks like, you know that that's what they are marketing. And before we get into your experience, maybe just walk us through in an ideal world, what would the process be to be prescribed Ozempic or similar drugs? I mean, I can't speak to similar drugs, but any kind of medication that that is being prescribed to a person, no matter how it's done, if it's in person or remotely or through a doctor or a nurse practitioner, medication should only be prescribed once a medical professional has established that doing so is safe and necessary. That means that there's a clinical assessment, a consideration of risks and benefits, and a diagnosis is made, and it's determined that it's appropriate. But as easy access to primary care family doctors is kind of out of reach for a lot of people in Canada, the proliferation of online telehealth websites is becoming more common. And so you may be less likely to see a doctor in person these days because it might be easier for you to access one online. How did you obtain your prescription? Uh, You went through this online process, right? Can you just walk us through it so people have an idea of what this actually looks like? You know, one day my editor was like, I keep getting ads for Ozempic and everyone I know keeps getting ads for Ozempic on Instagram and Facebook. I wonder how easy it would be for you to get it. Can you try to see if you could get it? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. I love the internet. Let me see if I can get it. So I went on to a bunch of these different telehealth websites that you see advertised online. And the one that had uh, what seemed to me to be the least oversight was LiveWell. Most of these online telehealth platforms have you fill out a questionnaire to kind of determine what kind of patient and candidate you are for different medications. But in my case, I went on to LiveWell's website. I answered like a couple dozen questions for a weight loss consultation. It was like, what is your height and weight? So we we decided, my editors and I, that we would only lie about my weight and nothing else. So everything else I put in was true, except when you went to enter your height and weight, it had like like a suggested height and weight that you put in, like in like a lighter kind of grayscale than what you would actually, if you actually entered. Right, like a prompt. Yeah. So I entered what it suggested my weight be, which was 230 pounds. But when I entered my real weight, which is not that, it wouldn't let me proceed with the questionnaire. It said that like I was not a good candidate for the program. But when I entered the weight it suggested, it, it had no issue with that. So then I answered some other questions about do I have different conditions or stuff like that? And um, do I have a history of, or a family history of other conditions? Hmm. And I was asked to upload a, a photo of myself to confirm that, I guess, that I visibly looked like I was 230 pounds. So I uploaded um, a photo where I I don't look overweight in it. Right. I'm just wearing kind of baggy clothes. (laughs) And then the next day, a nurse practitioner reached out to me on the website's chat platform. And she asked if I had done blood work in the past year. I said yes, because I have done blood work in the past year, but she didn't ask to see it. 
And then she said, okay, I've approved you for two months of Ozempic. And uh, if you don't provide uh, like a blood work requisition within uh, like eight to 12 months, we may not feel comfortable uh, renewing this prescription. For the privilege of that conversation, I was charged $99 and prescribed the drug. Wow. What exactly is LiveWell? And I mean, tell us about these telehealth companies in general. How do they operate? Is this a profit motive? Just take us into that world a bit. So LiveWell is part of the this wave of for-profit, all-online telehealth platforms. LiveWell specifically is 100% online, and they say that they connect patients to licensed healthcare professionals in all Canadian provinces. They offer sort of targeted support, they say, for conditions that require like lifestyle medications. Like if you are looking for an acne cream or like erectile dysfunction medication or like hair loss medications, like medications that sort of are like common and generally like seem low risk, like very routinely used, very known side effects. Like it's very known how they operate. And so through like an online questionnaire, you answer some questions and then on LiveWell, you you connect with a licensed medical provider, they say. It used to say licensed Canadian doctor on their website, but after I posted as a patient and got the Ozempic prescription, the website was changed to no longer include the expectation of a doctor consultation. Now it just more generally says that like you can connect with a healthcare provider or practitioner. Hmm. LiveWell offers, you you just communicate through like chat messages with a doctor. And then if it's appropriate, they say, um, you get a prescription. But Mm. some of these other online telehealth platforms have more oversight and more involved doctors and nurse practitioners behind them. So like Felix, for example, when when I tried to get Ozempic from them, they said that to proceed, I, I would have to get new blood work done and they provided the requisition and that I would have to do a video call with um, a healthcare professional uh, where I would have to get on a scale Hmm. at some point as well to confirm. Hello there, it's Peter Mansbridge, host of The Bridge, where we reflect on the issues of the day and how they could impact you. Politics, public health, technology, they are just some of the topics you'll hear about. Cut through the clutter and tune into The Bridge, a Sirius XM podcast available everywhere. How can they vary so much from one to the other? What kind of regulations govern um, telehealth platforms in general, I guess? I don't think I can say with certainty like how they're allowed to do this. Like it, it, it seems like improper care, and and I was definitely prescribed inappropriately, but I was deliberately trying to see how uh, the system could be manipulated and what the cracks were. Right. I mean, if if someone is in good faith using this service, it could work well for them. But basically, you should get the same care because, like, no matter where you go, because the same rules apply to all healthcare practitioners across the province. But what I can say is like the Canada Health Act, which is which covers the country, prohibits charging patients for medically necessary services that are covered under provincial health plans. So a, basically a doctor can't charge a patient 
for services that they receive or for healthcare because the government is already footing the bill. But those rules don't apply in the same way to nurse practitioners, even if they're performing the exact same service, because nurse practitioners are salaried employees. And so they're not being paid from OHIP. So they're allowed to charge for services that would otherwise be free if you were seeing a doctor. And so experts we spoke to said that the for-profit telehealth industry is exploiting this loophole. Mm -hmm. If a doctor is seeing you for a virtual consultation, in traditional circumstances, they would bill OHIP between $15 or $20 for that, that interaction. But because I saw a nurse practitioner at LiveWell, I was charged $99 for this virtual consultation to get Ozempic. And one of my colleagues was charged $39 to get a prescription for acne cream, even though the photo that he submitted to LiveWell that showed his acne didn't actually show any acne. Huh. It was just like a blurry photo of pores on his nose. When you asked doctors or medical associations about this practice and described what you'd done to get Ozempic, what was their reaction? Oh, it was it was a lot of like, just like nervous laughter. And then like, oh man, or oh, oh no. But basically they said it was, it was not a medical service. What I received, I received a business interaction or they called it inappropriate, potentially dangerous. Because what should happen is a doctor needs to like appropriately assess a patient, like looking at their blood work and all different kinds of parameters. You have to see and visualize the actual person you're talking to who, who needs a medication, especially with something so serious as a type 2 diabetes medication that's being prescribed off-label. But I was told that it's a demonstration of why for-profit care is, can be dangerous to the health of Canadians because you get care that's driven by profit, not what's appropriate for patient health. Bob Bell who said that. He's a uh, former deputy minister of health an orthopedic surgeon, he said, it's so egregious, it makes my blood boil. What did the provincial government say about it? Did you talk to the minister or talk to the Ministry of Health in Ontario where this was done? Uh, I tried very hard to talk to them, but they did not respond to me or answer my calls or emails. Hmm. But they made a comment on this last in October of 2023 when an Ottawa clinic opened that was run by nurse practitioners and it was charging patients $400 a year to access their services. Right. So at that time, uh, Health Minister Sylvia Jones said that action was on the horizon. And while clinics led by nurse practitioners are not covered by OHIP at this time, the province was taking steps to review this and shutting down bad actors who were taking advantage of patients. But they, uh, they didn't want to talk to me about this. In this specific case, in terms of Ozempic, which is obviously, you know, as you've mentioned, a highly marketed and also hugely popular drug, what happens when there are ways for people uh, like yourself or others who aren't in dire medical need of it uh, to access it because presumably someone might like uh, to drop a few pounds quickly? I mean, what springs to mind at first is people who have eating disorders who are trying to lose weight quickly or who are trying to lose weight for many different reasons, it, it puts them at risk because if there's not proper screening, then this method of, of prescribing can be taken advantage of. It also puts, it just puts the general public at risk. Like this is a fairly new drug that's only been on the market for a few years. It's approved as a diabetes drug and it's being used off-label as a weight loss drug. 
And so the long-term effects for people who don't have diabetes, and even those who do, because this is such a new medication, how it impacts people long-term is not known. That in itself does not necessarily mean it's unsafe by any means, but there is that risk of, of not knowing. And also the side effects can be quite serious. And studies have shown that when you stop taking this medication, you'll regain the weight that you lost. And so as a short-term quick fix, it doesn't actually offer that. We don't know the ramifications of, of you know, short-term use for stuff like that. I think we anecdotally or, or observationally and with assumptions placed see it happening with, with celebrities who appear on red carpets having dropped a lot of weight really, what seems like really quickly. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's making a lot of assumptions about how someone may be behaving or, or what medications they may be taking. And meanwhile, there's a shortage of Ozempic in this country right now, right? So there are people with type 2 diabetes having trouble finding it. Yeah, I got a lot of emails from type 2 diabetics after the release of this story talking about how it's difficult for them to get this medication right now. But I can't say with any kind of certainty who is being prescribed this medication improperly. And if people have been prescribed this medication properly for weight loss off-label, then it's not like they're taking it from the type 2 diabetics Hmm. and they shouldn't be on it. If, if this is the right medication for someone, then they have equal rights to be on it. That blame should not be placed on any person. That blame could go on to Novo Nordisk, the manufacturer who holds the patent for this. Because they hold the patent until 2032, I believe, what you see happening is compounding pharmacies are making the closest thing that they can to this medication. But it's not actually the same medication. Is there a way that we could have just closed this loophole if the regulations were matching kind of the advancements in the field, you know? Doris Greenspun, who's CEO of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario, said that one way the Ontario government could regulate this kind of thing is to create a parallel OHIP system for nurse practitioners. And there's one, there is a parallel OHIP system coming for Alberta's nurses sometime early this year where nurse practitioners can bill the province directly and open publicly funded independent practices. The Alberta provincial government has even promised grants to help with recruitment, set up and support for those clinics as well. So that's that's one solution. Morgan, thank you so much for this. Really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Morgan Bocknick from the Toronto Star. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can type Ozempic into the search bar and find a previous episode that will explain what these drugs are, what they do in context, and whether or not we should be prescribing them for their off-label uses. If you've got feedback on this episode or that episode I just mentioned or any other episode of this podcast that you have ever heard, You can send it to us. The email address is hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. And the phone number, if you want to call and leave a voicemail, is 416-935-5935. The Big Story is in all your podcast players, and of course, it should be in your friends' podcast players too. So if it's not, tell them to put it there or just grab their phone when they walk away and do it for them. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.